What's up, ladies and gentlemen? On today's episode, we try talking less about the Apple Watch, speculations on next-generation iOS devices, and what we might expect out of WWDC. Episode number five of Magnificent begins now. As always, I'm Ian Fuchs, and I'm joined by our two usual suspects, MacTrast.com senior editor Chris Hauk, and the often imitated, never duplicated, Jay Glenn Kunzler. Hey, guys. Hey. He was, however, once cloned, though. Yeah, but we don't talk about that. Not in the year. That was that was a bad episode. Is that the the second episode or was that the third episode? Uh, whichever one, all of those people died on. I try not to think about it. <laughs> are we still talking Star Wars? Or are we talking this podcast? I I'm confused. Don't now. know what the hell is going <laughs> I'm on. So lost as to what technology. And what I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but you seem like you know what you're doing. About. So go ahead. I think it's episode two. What episode is this? This is episode five. That's right. We learned about the secret episode a little while ago. Okay. Never mind. Secret I, episode. If, I promise any, we can count, guys. We really can. If anybody missed it, episode four, uh, I had a, a special guest because Chris and Glenn decided that they were we occupied. <laughs> Last minute, they were like, oh, shit. Uh, we got other stuff to do. And so I, I called in the... Uh, the British Navy, and they recommended someone to me, and he joined me on the show. <laughs> Highly recommended by the British Navy. <laughs> that's what you put on your on your business card. That's what nine you out of ten British naval officers would recommend. Make sure you call them naval officers. Not never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get that explicit tag if I have to drag it kicking and screaming onto this podcast. It's, if you want it, it's yours. Um, so even though I in, in the open, I, I promise not to talk too much about the Apple Watch. I just do have one gripe that I want to make about it really quick because it's been bugging me uh, basically since like the week I got it. And then we can talk about more important things. Um, Glenn, I know you have yours on probably. Have you had issues with your digital crown uh, sticking a little bit? I have. Um, it's, App, Apple's kind of got a support article up that um, describes the fact that you can basically rinse it under hot tap water to clear that up. So that's what I've done, and that seems to work pretty well. But really? Yeah. Like, is, why, why, why is that the fix? Why can't it just, like, within the first month of having it, it was already getting sticky. Why... Uh, it's probably just, you know, it. sweat or skin cells from your wrist. It just seems like such a strange design flaw to have so early on. Maybe you shouldn't drink maple syrup directly from the bottle. Well, I mean... Could be that. affecting your perspiration. Or, or I'm just <laughs> spilling it all over the watch. One of the two. <laughs> That's true. Again, just, I don't judge. I'm just, using, I'm just using my watch as a fork when I eat my pancakes in the morning. So I've, I've got the article up here. It says something about... 10 to 15 seconds, fresh faucet water while continuously turning and pressing the crown and then drying it with a non-abrasive lint-free cleaning cloth. We're still talking about the watch, right? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've actually found just if I, if I push the crown in, like I'm going to call up Siri and I turn it, mm -hmm. that usually takes care of it. Damn it, Chris. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to make sure you have to edit this before you post it. <laughs> yep. Just, just push it in and turn it. That usually fixes it. Just grab the knob and spin. I've lived my life by that motto for 56 years now, yeah. and it's worked for me. And this is why I promise not to spend too much time on the watch. <laughs> So, with with that said, um, kind of sort of related at the uh, Recodes Code Conference, uh, Jeff Williams, who I was mistaken on who it was earlier when we were talking about it, uh, made two comments, basically. One was that at WWDC, we're going to see a, at least a preview of a watch OS that allows native apps which I think is going to be huge just for the fact that things will speed up a little bit um, you're going to hopefully be able to use the, the watch independent of your phone a little more um, right the, the watch kit SDK I think is going to get be introduced tomorrow WWDC and that should allow that yeah which I know Glenn that we've we've talked about that and you you basically said every app on here sucks. Yeah, and... except for Apple's and, and maybe the <laughs> Amazon app. <laughs> um so so with that basically it's maybe the the door to a solution. I know I was uh out watching the Blackhawks game yesterday and I the group of people I was with a couple of them were asking me about it and right away one was like, "Oh, is that the Starbucks app? How does that work?" And I was like, "Oh, I'll show you how it works." And of course, my luck, I hit the Starbucks icon and then it just went to the little spinny dots like it was loading and just spun and spun. She's like, oh, so how does this work? And I was like, not very well. I'm sorry. It's first generation technology. It's new. People haven't got their stuff figured out. We're in a bar. My phone, my watch is a little drunk, I guess. And. <laughs> Apparently, you drink the same way you eat maple syrup. <laughs> My watch drinks the way I eat maple syrup. Uh, um, so yeah, that was that was kind of a cool uh, comment, and obviously we'll we'll see what happens at the actual conference to see how accurate that whole native apps thing is. But I think it'll be a huge thing. And then the other thing that he said. Um, during the event, somebody said something about the car, and he made the uh, kind of side comment that the car is the ultimate mobile device, which now has you know all the the tech people saying, "Oh well, that means Apple's building a car," and uh, I just, I guess I don't get it. I don't get the car thing. I don't. I don't see a car ever coming out of a factory. From a partner of Apple's, I, I see maybe you know them working a lot more with uh, connections, connecting to the car. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me wonder because there there was all this uh, recent back and forth about Apple poaching battery engineers from Tesla and Tesla trying to poach top brass from Apple. Something's obviously going on. Um, it, it's just I wonder to what extent they're 
they're getting involved. I don't know. I I can't imagine buying like yes, Apple makes gorgeous products and I love them and everything. But what is what is the price of a a very high quality car? Like when you look at phones like okay, so called the Galaxy S6 Edge or whatever, <laughs> like kind of the top of the line phone right now outside of Apple's phones and it costs what 700 800 bucks out of contract maybe it sounds about right so you add on the Apple tax and you end up with a phone that's a thousand bucks you know for the top iPhone 6 plus so you add a couple hundred bucks onto that so now what is the equivalent in the car world like because obviously Apple's not going to come in and say well we're going to make a Camry only nicer because that's not how Apple does things they want to be up in the, you know, in the same list of names as BMW and Mercedes and Lexus and right. Porsche and whatever. So it's like, are they going to really release a car that's a hundred thousand dollars? Like that. I that just doesn't don't. Seem, that I, doesn't seem like yeah, Apple yeah. to me. I just don't see it. I don't see them doing that. I mean, battery technology that could be used in an electric car or in a car. It could be applied to other products. They could miniaturize it enough. Right. Um, like a watch that lasts a week instead of a day. There you go. There you go. That's, that's a real good idea. I hope somebody's working on that. Uh, hopefully one of those engineers they poached. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think we'll ever see a car with a Apple insignia on the front, on the nose. Unless, you know, somebody just takes one from their iPhone package and sticks it on there. Or, or maybe they're going to go there out. Tesla's going. I mean, maybe they're going to try to make something innovative and affordable. I just don't see. I mean, there's there's got to be some reason that they're um, uh, poaching Tesla employees in particular, right? But I, I guess I just don't see. Like, what does what can Apple put in a car that? some other car doesn't already have like it, unless it's a, a microphone for the Bluetooth kit because most mics and cars suck like outside of that I'm not sure what they could add to really yeah that's the problem I have I, I don't see where the added value for Apple itself is to do a car just seems like that's an awfully big task or it's kind of out there of course, but, seven but years thing, ago, a phone was, so who knows? The thing to remember is that uh, historically, nobody realizes what value Apple can add to any category, right? Um, if you would have asked anybody what Apple could bring to the tablet market before the iPad was released, you'd have stuff you know, all over the map. Um, nobody expected what ultimately came out, right? That's true. I, I still think that like really have we seen much out of the carplay devices uh aside from like pioneer making some aftermarket stereos and maybe like jvc or alpine one of those other brands has made yeah, a i mean yeah chevy's just now i think it's the first one to actually going to include it in most of their cars like, for the 2016 model year to me yeah, i'm wondering if, been pretty tepid i'm wondering if apple is building a an infotainment system and like not using someone else's and then giving them like a software kit to load on top of it. But if we're actually going to start to see a line of cars where 
whether it's a Toyota or a BMW or a Mercedes, you have the exact same infotainment system. Hmm. So then there's nothing that says this one is better or higher end other than maybe the speakers they put around it. Um, but right, I so it's going to work the same in every car. It's going to look right. the same in every so, car. So I can see an advantage on that. I can see an advantage for them on that. And I, I could see that being the, the play for them because I feel like most of the things that can be done in a car at this point revolve around that infotainment system. Right. It's going to be fun to watch. And uh, also in the line of alleged products that we may or may not ever see, um, there was all kinds of uh, additional iPad Pro 12-inch iPad talk. Um, and it all sprouted from a Mac Rumors article about split-screen multitasking and user accounts on iPad. Did you guys see that? I did. Right, yeah. What are your... Uh, what are your thoughts on either of those features or a bigger <clears throat> iPad? I'm not all that big on the split screen. I don't really care about the multitasking. What I use the iPad for, I don't really need that. Uh, I I do think they do need to have the, the separate user accounts because, I mean, ever since the first iPad came out, people have been wanting, to, wanting that. I'm surprised it's taken them this long if they do announce it. Well, they're using it. Most people are using an iPad, especially if they only have one in the household. They're using it as a a device to kind of supplant a, a laptop or a Mac. Right. So multiple people are usually using it. And I even find here how often my my wife's iPad stays in her purse because she has the mini and that mine sits out on the coffee table or on the couch or whatever. And we both pick it up and she's like, Well, where is this? This isn't where it needs this isn't where it should be. And it's like, mm-hmm. Well, it's my iPad, it's where I put it. So Glenn, when you're in the store and you sell iPads, I, I had experience you know, years ago when I was in, in the Apple store, I would have a couple come in that want to buy an iPad and they would be severely disappointed when they found out there were not separate logins for each user because he didn't want to have to deal with her stuff. She didn't want to have to deal with his stuff. Half the time I wound up selling two iPads, but still, do you, do you have, do you experience that in the store? People, uh, at least in this area, have, have mostly settled into the idea that if, if they've got two strong iPad users, they're going to need two iPads. So yeah. we, we haven't seen any real disappointment over the lack of that um, for a, a, an incentive to get an additional device. Right. Yeah. When I was in the Apple store, it was early days and, and people were still just learning about the iPad. But mm-hmm. there was definitely disappointment when they found out found that out. Like I said, half the time I wound up selling two iPads, so it was better for Apple in the long run. It's it's one of those features that I suspect if they do it, if they decide to bring multiple login profiles to the iPad, it's going to be a really interesting thing to see them manage. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it exclusive to iPads that have Touch ID. It seems like fingerprints are a really natural way of trying to do something like that. It's true, and depending on That's the fingerprint, depending on the fingerprint, it would sign you into the right. Uh, yeah, depending on the fingerprint, it would sign you into the right one. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a system on the iPad yet where this is really going to work well. Um, iPads are entirely different than than the Mac as as far as how you use them and and how they're set up. Um, other than home screen layout and a few app settings, there's really not a whole lot to change. It's 
it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how Apple and developers, for that matter, will implement and take advantage of multiple sets of user data. Ultimately, it's probably something individual apps are going to have to support as well as the platform. I think for some some users, especially like users with children, it's it's a case of they want to be able to lock them out from certain things, or at least as far as content that's on the iPad itself, photos, documents, things like mm-hmm. that. You don't want the yeah. other users to see, especially if they're kids. Um, so, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is this a feature that you guys think makes more sense on a bigger device? Like if they were to Possibly. release a 12-inch version where it really is competing more directly with that laptop market as far as screen size and like a productivity level, you know, maybe if they, heaven forbid. I think the split screen's, the split screen's more on the larger device. I, I can see both sides of the multi-user. Because, like, I have a feeling if they're going to do this 12-inch iPad, we're going to see an Apple-branded keyboard to go with it because that's the the market they're working at and obviously zag and uh logitech and all these other brands are making a killing on this that that whole keyboard accessory market if apple just released a keyboard that went with it now it's a laptop but it's an ipad and at that point to me it makes sense to say okay well it's a laptop now it has multiple accounts and that's multitasking kind of these features all seem like they all kind of click together into one device. The the thing that's got me puzzled um, is iTunes. How are you going to handle content syncing on the device with multiple user accounts? That's going to be a real trick. You're you're almost going to have to have each separate iTunes libraries or something and, and, what well, about people who already have account. multiple? Well, well, sure, but I mean, as far as backing stuff up locally to a computer, um, if you've got a Mac with three logins and an iPad with three logins, which uh, which account do you sign into to back up your iPad if you want to keep a local backup? There's there's some kind of interesting anomalies that. No, I still think it's uh, iCloud that everything's going wireless. So then it just, yeah, I, I could see it going that way more than uh. Yeah, it'll just access that cloud storage. Back. And then when it does a local backup, it probably just whatever account you use to set it up. I mean, I know iPhones back in the early days, you if you picked one library and that was when you got to back it up to. And if you plugged it into a different machine, they got wiped out. Yeah, you lost everything. Yeah, I remember from the that first library? Yeah, not, I I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't used I haven't used multiple computers in a long time, but I know I know that was the case at one point, and you basically. You picked one and stuck with it, so I could see the iPad in boat where it's like, well, you backed up your iPad to this library, and this is the one it has to be on. And if you move it, tough. It's going to be interesting. So, um, real quick, uh, iPhone speculation. Uh, Ming Chi Kuo, who's a KGI securities analyst. Yeah. Um, and this is probably two weeks ago now. Uh, basically released a note with some possible next-gen iPhone stuff. Did you guys catch any of that, and was it any of it of interest to you? I mean, I reported on it, of course. Um, 12-megapixel camera. It seems like it's about time for him to 
upgrade the camera. Um, two gigabyte of RAM. I'd like to see that. I don't give a flying crap about the colors. <laughs> uh, force touch. I, I think I, I would like to see that on a new iPhone. I, I think it could be put to some good use. Glenn, what do, what do you think about all those rumors or predictions? I, I think they're all good notions. Um, it, it's pretty well in line with what Apple typically does with their uh, with their mid stage S releases, uh, assuming this is going to be the 6s or the 6 plus s or you know what, whatever kind of naming scheme they go with 6 plus s um, would just be the 6 plus right plus <laughs> well we gotta call it the 6s plus but 6s 6s plus it could just be awkward either way and they may just say screw it it's a 7 6s plus s <laughs> it's it's worth that, noting at the very least. Um, then if somebody has a speech impediment and walks in and orders one, this could take a half an hour. They have a list. Do you think Sylvester the cat is likely to walk into an Apple store anytime soon? I think whoever waits on him better have a towel to wipe off their face. It's it's worth noting that uh, Quo is a pretty top notch analyst. Um, yeah, he's 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 right more than he is wrong. Track record is is better than most. Still right around fifty percent hit or miss, but um, which is still a lot better than most. Oh yeah, if anybody's going to nail it down, it's it's probably going to be Quo. He's been doing this for a long time. Pretty great at it. So, um, I the only actually as as sad as it is, the only thing out of all of that that I don't know that I fully buy. Is the 12 megapixel camera, and I hate I hate so. to say it because I it seems so obvious that they should do it, but we're on like what the fourth or fifth generation of iPhone now that's had the eight megapixel camera. Was it yeah. the 4s or the 4S, five? 4s they brought it in. Yeah. So 4s. Well, all they've done is improved the the software behind right. it and the so the response of it. Um. What do you guys think of the idea of um, of waterproofing, waterproofing these phones? Um, I, I actually had a customer come into the store today and, and, and present this idea. Uh, the Apple Watch is an interesting device for a lot of reasons. But one of the most interesting things about it is that based on the teardown set of surface, the, the logic board itself seems to have a waterproof coating on it, which is something that we've never really seen before. Could this be Apple testing the water for a waterproof version of the iPhone? Testing the water, pun intended, uh, for a waterproof version of the iPhone? Dipping their toe in the water, yeah. Um, you know, it's a possibility. I mean, you know, it could be a little test run, and, and we might see that on the 6 plus or the 7. It, Who knows? It definitely makes sense if they switch to inductive charging like the watch um, because obviously you seal that you, you eliminate that port um, the, the headphone jack is still a little questionable to me although I'm wondering now with how the watch works if we might be nearing the end of the 8th inch plug in headphone line you know I, I really don't think so um, you're still going to get much 
much better audio through direct wired connection. Well, I'm not arguing that. Then you can get wireless. I'm not arguing that um, at all. But with Beats on board now, the watch only has a Bluetooth head or only Bluetooth. It it doesn't seem entirely unbelievable that. Uh, you you got to remember, we've got a company here whose roots are in audio. That's what makes me skeptical of that whole idea. And that's why they ship you 80 cent earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another, that's another episode. Another day. Uh, we, we've also had a lot of talk in, in the past week or so about Thunderbolt 3.0. Um, in, Intel made a very interesting announcement to the effect that Thunderbolt 3.0 is going to be based entirely on the USB-C standard that Apple introduced with the 12-inch MacBook. If they're going to go that route with Thunderbolt, um, it makes me wonder if Apple is just not going to bring something like USB-C to the iPhone and the iPad. We've already seen some Android phones announced that are are using that USB-C port, which allows for faster charging, amongst some other benefits, much higher bandwidth, and so forth. what do you guys think about that idea? I mean, you, Thunderbolt 3 is a pretty exciting idea as it is, even if it's just something that they started bringing to the MacBooks. But on the iPhone and iPad, wow, that, that, that could be something pretty incredible. I think the idea of USB-C on the iPhone, just that port in itself, to me, makes sense. In the sense that now you could have one charger that charges your Mac and your phone. and your So you take one charger and your laptop and your iPad and your phone on a vacation, and now you can charge everything without having to have, like, different cables and little adapters and all kinds of crap like that. Um, And if they do that, obviously it only makes sense. If it's based on that same standard, why not just make it Thunderbolt 3? And that could open up, you know, there's apps like Duet Display and some other ones out there where you can use your iOS device as a second display they could just continue to push that envelope and say, well, now with Thunderbolt 3, you can actually use, your through Apple's native, some type of sharing system, use your phone as a display or your iPad as a display through that Thunderbolt 3 port, get that high bandwidth, uh, zero or almost zero latency, um, using it as a separate display and stuff like that. It opens up some very, very exciting possibilities. Um, the most exciting thing I've heard Intel announce for quite some time. So is that something we hear this week? Or is that something... That's something we've already No, heard. I'm, I'm saying as far as like thinking that might be coming to other devices, do we think we'll hear that this well, week? Well, that's... Uh, like I, about to mention it tomorrow's event? I, I kind of doubt it. Um, it. It seems like one of those things that Apple's going to use as... Um, as an ace, the next time they refresh hardware, which typically doesn't happen at WWDC, although it used um, to, at least not for the past few years. Yeah. So, will we see any new hardware at WWDC? Will Will we see the Apple TV? Will we see a 12-inch iPad? Will we see HomeKit stuff? Because that's another huge area that all of a sudden in the last week has kind of popped, and it's like, oh. Hey, HomeKit devices are available. Like, well, I think HomeKit will definitely make an appearance and definitely 
we may see some uh, devices and there may be some demonstrations. I don't see the 12-inch iPad. I wish to hell there would be an Apple TV. Although it sounds like... But all, indica um, all indications are that that's not going to happen. I'll, I'll bet it at least gets talked about, especially if they're going to make a big deal out of HomeKit. Right. Um, it, it's sounding very much like the Apple TV is going to function as a type of HomeKit hub. Um, they, here's, another interesting, here's another interesting analysis. Um, Apple's WWDC logo has a nice little square in the center that says the epicenter of change. Right. It turns out that if you take a stock image of an Apple TV, the top-down view, it fits perfectly in that square. Right. The rounding of the corners and everything is exactly exactly right I, I literally just saw i i was looking at some uh i download blog put up there wallpaper of the week which was wwdc themed and i as i was looking at the logo for it that was exactly what my brain thought i, I didn't even look at the picture of the apple tv and compare it i just saw it and i was like the epicenter of change and that's a yeah, that's, that's a square in the middle that's a freaking app that's, that's what most that's apple what TV. most people get out of it yeah so and, and the third generation Apple TV um already basically is working as the hub, is it not, Chris? I think I saw you posted that. Right. Yeah, they added some home kit uh, capabilities. So like to now it. you can well even while you're away from home can ask Siri to do home kit. Yeah, you'd be able to tell her to turn turn on lights. Apple TV is the access point for that. Right. So. Now, there is some talk that Apple's going to introduce a new application tomorrow called Home. And that'll allow you, you, know, you to control the HomeKit accessories. And, uh, see, I think it's 9 to 5, nine to five Max that I'm about. You'll be able to set up virtual rooms, uh, use it to set up and install HomeKit accessories. Can I trade in? And, and even, even find new ones. Can I trade in the Tips app if I'm, they're going to give me another one? <laughs> like I, if they're gonna give me another freaking app that I have to put in a folder, or find a place for, it, can I at least get rid of the one that sucks? Like, hopefully they won't force it on you like they do. So the Apple Watch app that's on your home screen, even if you don't have one and you're stuck with, that would be it. The tips, <laughs> the tip. I can't. I had somebody the other day. They're like, "What the I hell have... is this yellow thing?" And I was like, "That's tips." And they're like, "Why?" I had an iPhone five. I know how the damn thing works. I think I I think it's something they were playing with. They accidentally put it into the final build, and they didn't want to admit they screwed up because they haven't done a damn thing with it. Occasionally, you get a notification, and it's like, "Hey, did you know that you can respond to text messages with the keyboard?" That's how you type your reply, Grandma. <laughs> did you know if you press the home button, you'll go back to the home screen? Some of the tips, man. Terrible. What they should do is get those celebrities that do the, what is it, the the more you know or something like that on NBC where yeah. the celebrities tell you obviously obvious things like look both ways before crossing the street. Hmm. The more you know, the more, you know, yeah, the more you know, the more it blows. It's, yes. Uh, don't get me started on celebrities. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the, the, the tip app, totally worthless. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, if they're gonna if they're gonna add home, I hope they take that one away and they say we're sorry, you've got it figured out. I'll take the home, but take away the tips. Right. That's, that's the deal. I, I don't need another app. I have so many. 
I looked at it earlier this week. I have like 140 apps on my phone, and I use like 11 of them. Yeah. And I can't part with them because, damn it, I need them. <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten to the point where I'll start to install some and realize I already have it. You go to download it, you're like, oh, where did I bury that? Oh, oh it says open. What, what is this? Um, other, other exciting things we'll see this week. Uh, Sony CEO, I saw this morning, apparently spoiled a moment for Apple and basically said, yep, tomorrow you're going to see the streaming service probably called Apple Music. How clever of a name. And it's original. And so basically gave that one away. Um, well, I don't know. We've, we've seen how Apple handles leaks. It, it wouldn't be surprising if they used that as a reason not to do it. Uh, or There's also, I've seen an update today that uh, Apple's chief of, uh, I could speak, chief of French content for the Apple TV. He uh, shared a photo on Instagram showing that he now has Apple Music added to his responsibilities. Looks like his Ooh. business card. Mm-hmm. So. Fantastic. So we so we'll we'll probably see that, which means Spotify better buckle their seatbelts. Yeah. Um. And it also means that Apple's taking more of my money every month, which is fine, <laughs> I guess. Um. Another thing that I saw earlier this week was that Showtime announced their rival service to HBO Now at. 11 bucks a month for Showtime content. Um, very similar to the way HBO did it HBO Now, where right. you don't have to have the cable subscription to have their content. Which is pretty phenomenal. Pretty phenomenal stuff. Uh, we're, we're seeing a new wave in television media and the way it works, and, and Apple right at the center of that. Right. The, the content companies are finally getting to where they're not, they don't really. They're not as worried as they used to be about pissing off the cable companies. They were so worried because that was their main income stream. I, I still don't like that it, right now we're really only seeing it out of those like premium service people, though. Because like any cable, like, you don't get a cable subscription that comes with HBO. That's always that add-on feature. Right. And Showtime's the same way. So I want to see those channels that fall in the regular spectrum of cable programming, do this. But at what point does it become too much, I guess, is the other question. Like, if you do HBO Now and Showtime, you're at 26 bucks a month. Like, if you add one more of those, you're now paying for basic cable, right? Pretty close. Right. If I figured it out the other day, and I actually have... I think they call it the silver package through my cable provider, and it includes um, HBO and Showtime, as well as some extra HD channels, and I think it actually includes Cinemax also. Ooh. Um, yeah. Skinemax. <laughs> not, not that I watch those. Uh, like, to any children listening, that's the very bad thing. You don't turn on Cinemax after 10 p.m. your local <laughs> time. Just a tip from Uncle Chris. Don't do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I figured out that if if I were to drop that silver package, I think I think I pay comes out five or seven dollars something like that more 
than what I would if I pay if I got HBO and the Showtime streaming, and I would lose the Cinemax and probably twenty other channels. So it's it's a toss up really for me which way I'd want to go. Right now, it's convenient just to pay the cable package, and that's what I'll do. And I assume you're which I get which you get HBO Go and you get you get the uh, Showtime streaming on Apple TV if you have the cable. So and I, I assume you probably have your internet through them also, which is. Correct. Which, yeah. Which, so I'm all bundled phone, internet, that, all that that's crap. The so. thing is that, like for me, I only have AT and T for internet, and I get charged like sixty five bucks a month for crappy internet, basically, because I did right. because I didn't bundle it. And so it's like, well, if I'm going to pay that much for internet, like, and then I go to streaming everything, now I got to pay more for internet for better speed, so I can stream at better quality. Right. Like, at what point do I just realize that I'm spending the same amount or more? So, we're going to have to see some price changes, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely going to have to be some adjustments. Um, but I, I did see uh, a cool free thing that will happen this fall, is Yahoo has exclusive rights to stream one singular NFL game. And it, it it's it's a hopping game too. It's yeah, that's the game of the year right there. <laughs> the the Bills versus the Jaguars in London. It's. Ooh. I think they're gonna have to put in new servers and and, and have more connections to handle the demand for that. There'll be so many people. As much as I think it's hilarious that that's the game that it ends up being, it definitely does open a door to some of this because that that would that would in theory normally be a free game right because it would be on nbc or fox or maybe cbs so it's going to be on one of your local broadcast stations so this is yahoo kind of pushing towards that same idea that here's what would normally be a free broadcast on your tv now being a free stream and it's it's the london game isn't it yeah and it's like it's it's like a 9 a.m broadcast Yeah, it's going to be early over here, so so it's a good game to experiment with, see how people react to it, and make sure the technology is actually there. Which I'm, I mean, I don't think the technology is going to be a problem. NBC has been live streaming their Sunday night games for a couple, three years that I know of, well, probably five or six years. Yeah. So and, and Yahoo's done a lot of this live streaming stuff too. I know they've done concerts, they've done right uh, like. One thing I remember offhand is when Taylor Swift announced that she was no longer country and she was now a pop artist, they live streamed that and that had millions of listeners. Um, Darn, I missed that one. Um, but yeah, I, I know at least as far as their live streaming stuff goes, Yahoo can definitely handle the traffic. It's just a matter of getting the content to stream. And, and obviously it makes sense for Yahoo to do it, and that's kind of a big deal for Apple because they've kind of held each other's hands, I feel like, through a lot of this stuff. Um, through search, through weather, through just overall kind of friendships, partnerships. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Anything else exciting that we should... uh expect next or tomorrow i guess and you know of course they're gonna 
debut iOS 9 and OS X. Let me make sure I got it right. 10.11. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest questions in my mind. It's what we're going to see coming to their already famous platforms. I think OS 9 is just going to be, or iOS 9 is going to be more of a performance upgrade this time. So, what happens next year? I know this is way looking in the future. But what happens next year with iOS? Do we get iOS X? Ooh. Hmm. And if that's the case, is Apple in a position where they can drop the point eleven or I or OS X eleven or whatever they're whatever it is? Are we to a point where we can go OS? Just calling it Apple OS across both platforms. Or, or, is that what you mean? Or is it OS eleven? or OS XI that now takes it, we're no longer at X being 10. Are we going to see a new, a wholly new Mac OS coming soon to kind of unify those? You know, there's there's a lot of interesting speculation along those lines. So there's There's been this line of thought for, man, it seems like, seems like at least half a decade, that Apple's going to start introducing their custom systems on the chip for the Mac. Um, they've allegedly already done testing on the MacBook Air and uh, w- with their own custom processors. Man, if they're going to do that, it seems like some unified platform, OS 11, whatever they decide to call it, might just be the key to pulling it all together. That's true. It's a possibility. Not this year. I think that's the next year, the year after thing. Yeah, I think it's a couple it, of it's years. It's going to be line. at least a while. Um, right, right now, there's just too many concerns with that. I think if they could have done it this year, we would have seen it on the 12-inch MacBook. Mm-hmm. True. Very true. Because that's basically an iPad anyway. But it's not. There's no touch screen. <laughs> Even though I sat there crossing my fingers the whole damn keynote, waiting for him to say, and it's touch screen, and they never did. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So anything else exciting tomorrow? Are we taking bets on anything? Anything that we won't see or will see? Anything crazy? <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming we'll see... Uh, either Phil Schiller or Craig Federighi make a, a ridiculous joke. <laughs> if, if, if either of them take stage for anything, we'll see a silly joke. Or there will be uncomfortable moments, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any, any other guarantees? Oh, make let's make go. sure your rope is multi-threaded, guys. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I also wonder if we're going to see more Swift stuff, if that's going to be a, an evolutionary thing that apps are required to be built in Swift or something. Well, they, they have finally, uh, was it, uh, I forget what they call it, but the Swift apps are going to finally be smaller so because... More uh, optimized sizing. Right. They, they uh, didn't include the Swift programming code, code libraries within iOS itself. 
So whenever a developer used Swift, that code library had to be included with the code he compiled, which makes a, which adds like I think it's eight megabytes of additional code. So if you've got a lot of apps on your device, especially if you've got like a 16 gigabyte iPhone or iPad, you've got a lot of apps that were written in Swift, you've got eight megabytes, eight megabytes, eight megabytes, and it, it adds up after a while. So, uh, so that'll actually be a little more improvement, probably be a little bit of a speed improvement, I would think, on, uh, on that. They're supposed to announce that tomorrow, as I understand. I, Swift 2.0. I also wonder with Swift, if, if there's something within that, that might help bridge this gap between iOS and OS X that if you can write an app in a language that is understandable on both sides, if you could make a more universal app. And I, I wonder if, because last year nobody expected Swift to happen. They announced it and everybody was kind of like, what just happened? That was out of, out of the blue. There weren't even uh, any rumors or anything about it that I recall. So imagine if they do the same thing now and they say, now when you write an app in Swift, you can compile it for the iPhone, the iPad, and the Mac all at once. That would be amazing. That would be cool. Um, we'd, we'd need a unified app store to take advantage of the life. Uh, well, we, we would have one. It just would have terrible search. <laughs> yeah, they'll never fix that they'll never fix that it seems like such an easy thing yeah man truly universal apps that's something I've been holding out for almost plus well Microsoft's basically there right they certainly they are they are yeah so who's to say Apple couldn't do the same thing food for thought for sure um, here's something that uh, that I read on 9to5Mac uh, a feature to maps that might be coming. This is something that I'm actually really, really excited for. Local transit directions in Apple Maps. That could be a pretty pretty amazing feature if, if they get it right. If it's smooth, if it works well, if the schedules are accurate. Is that something you guys would use if Apple introduced it? Where I use, there's not much transit. Or where I live, there's not much transit. I'm out in the middle of the country. Where I live, it's all over the place. And Yeah, that, uh, and your my, area, my God, that would be such a plus for My you. issue is Google's transit directions, half the time, aren't up to date anyway. So if, if Apple could get it right, they would be launching ahead of where I feel like Google is in our area. Um, I don't know if you guys ever used the, I think it's just called transit. Um iPhone app, yeah, Transit. And it actually sources like APIs for every transit service, at least around here. So it's it's doing Metro and it's doing the CTA and it's actually pulling their information. So when a train is delayed, within seconds of the train being delayed, the app knows it. And that's something you definitely need in an app like that. Right, because, because that makes... Especially if you're relying on taking a bus right, so far right. and then picking up the train and... Commuting to work. I mean, I'm I'm slated to go film downtown and I was debating taking the train and, and the biggest reason that I don't want to is like I'd rather drive and at least be in my own... have that fate in my own hands because if I... the train is late, there's nothing worse than sitting and waiting for a train and becoming late and having no control over it. So... 
if, if Apple could nail transit, that would be huge. Anything else exciting this week? Or anything else exciting that you guys have uh, come across? Any exciting apps? Any exciting discoveries on Netflix or <laughs> anything like I that? have totally not done anything app-related all week long. What about the two weeks I, I, I haven't even come up for air this week. I haven't seen anything outside of work. I did. Uh, I downloaded a week, uh, an app, an app, a week ago. Well, technically I downloaded two. And neither of them are new apps, but they're both apps that I downloaded and I've started using. Um, one of them is Newsify, which for the longest time I was a Flipboard user. Decided I didn't care for Flipboard anymore, but left it on my device. Downloaded Newsify. It basically makes your RSS feeds a newspaper. It's pretty simple, but I liked it. And I think it's free, which is even better. Free is good. It's the best price of all. Uh, the other one I, the other one I downloaded, which was not free, is Overcast, which is a podcast player. It's a really nice podcast. Player. And I downloaded it yeah. because I wanted to try it out because I kept hearing that the Apple Watch app for it was really good. And I have to admit, it might be one of the better ones. Hmm. So, um, if you have an Apple Watch and you're a podcast listener, or you're a podcast listener and you don't have an Apple Watch, um. Overcast might be a uh, a very good option for you, and I think it's two ninety nine or four ninety nine or some odd ninety nine. I don't know. I'll post along with this. I'll post the price of it when I upload the podcast. It'll be there in the show notes. One app that I did download this week, I haven't had a chance to play with too much, is Hitman Sniper. New hit Hitman game. And it just looks really good. That sounds uh, think, pretty wild. Yeah, it's four ninety nine, I believe, on the uh, App Store. You uh, basically, I mean, you're you're putting hits on people left and right. They're giving you contracts. You have to fulfill them. Uh, you've got your different rifles, and of course, you get the V through the sniper scope, and you have to pick them off, and they're running. And it's uh, I I've always enjoyed the Hitman games anyway on the consoles. So I'm going to play that one this week. Maybe next week I'll have more info about it. Well, the most exciting thing I've obtained this week, this will be, I guess, my something of the week, is uh, the, the Griffin watch stand. I've, uh, I've tested out a few different Apple watch stands this week, um, including the 12 South High Rise um, and the Griffin watch stand. Uh, I think Griffin's got this figured out better than most. Uh, a really, really elegant solution. And the thing I really like about it more than most of the other watch stands is it's got a nice little cradle with a lip that's designed to rest your iPhone while your Apple Watch is charging. Uh, really a nice desk accessory. Looks fantastic next to a Mac. It's, it's got that classic brushed black aluminum look. Um, really well designed device. I did see... Uh... Another one that another dock while you're talking about it, not one that I've got to use yet, um, but it's Fuse Designs has a really cool one that's a iPhone and watch dock in one. Interesting. Where the iPhone sits in the front, the watch sits behind, but it it charges both at the same time, which is 
kind of cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. A nice, nice yeah. heavy aluminum base. Now that, wow. Now that you're looking at it, it's like that's a. Yeah, that's great. And I believe you can actually buy the insert pieces. So you could actually get an insert for like an iPhone and an iPad and then swap out wow. one for the watch stand. So they're kind of interchangeable. Oh, that's classy. So Things we're not paid to show you guys or tell you guys about, but here they are. Just because they're cool. Exactly. Any other excitingness or uh, have we hit our show limit and and reach that point where we uh, we all get some rest and hope for an exciting tomorrow? Well, I'm out of Coke, which means my uh, my mind is about to stop working. That would be Coca-Cola the drink, correct, sir? Uh, one could only assume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, you know Utah's a pretty wild state, though, so... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to confirm it either way. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that uh, that report. Well, uh, on that note, my my thanks once again to both you guys for joining me. Uh, and as a reminder, you can find Chris on Twitter at clhauk, and also posting stories at mactrass.com. And I assume uh, if you want all the WWDC news and information he'll have wrap-ups and write-ups and details and all we'll, kinds of fun we'll have one or two mentions about it tomorrow yeah. uh, one or two yeah just yeah. one or two Ten, not 11, like it's a 18. big day yeah yeah i've heard there's something going on if i have time i'll check on it you know uh and, and glenn as as per usual you can find him on twitter at the glenja um and also at simply mac in his mall wherever the Leighton Hills mall in Leighton, utah uh, actually tomorrow interestingly enough i'll be in a different store so well we'll see how that goes <laughs> oh really um, interesting so if you want glenn to fix your stuff just just go to the mall he hangs out there He'll help you. I, I basically live there they've got a nice little cot set up for me in the back and he has the key to fantastic sam's so he can get his beard cut so that's great perfect uh, and lastly, you can find me on Twitter at Ian Fuchs. And thanks once again to our listeners for joining us on another episode. And if you enjoyed the show, uh, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps us out. And if you didn't, don't. And, uh, and if you didn't enjoy the show, uh, go ahead and just tell your friends and don't leave a review. Or give us five stars anyway because, well, because sometimes you just do what you're told. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't enjoy it, it's probably Chris's fault anyway. So. Well, yeah, so and I'm used to that. Just pick whichever one of us you like the best and give us five star. And uh, until next time, we will catch y'all later. Yeah.